So what were you doing in 1999? I was in Miss Flowers class, I think. I was six. I believe you would probably have been six as well then. I was telling people on Saturday night, I have no recollection of that 99 game. You know, my Auburn football memories, I think my earliest one where I'm like, all right. And so it would have been around this time. My earliest memories of like, okay, well, this is, you know, this is Auburn football. It's something that's going to stick with me for a while was 2000 and Rudy Johnson. I don't remember much of the 99 season. I do remember, I think the first jersey I had when I was a little kid was the same number as, as, as uh, Daniel Cobb. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I walked out of Death Valley last night saying, you know what, this is the first Auburn LSU win that uh, in in Death Valley that I remember that I you know that I'll have a recollection of because I don't I don't remember anything about the '99 game, um, and I was wondering if you were in, if you were in a similar boat. I feel like I should. The thing that actually sticks out to me first, and I know I was going to games before this. But when Auburn upset Florida with Damon Duvall, okay, that's the game that I can definitely recall vividly. Certainly nothing from 99. So it happened. It was something that I thought, I mean, we joked about it on the uh, on here. I've, we joked about it on our, on our past radio show that like Auburn might just be cursed, that Death Valley, uh, you know, there's just something about Death Valley and – it might not ever happen again. Believe it when you see it. And uh, it happened. And I guess we'll get into like the, the the actual aspects of the game momentarily. But I, I'll be honest. I, don't, I didn't know if I, I didn't know if it was necessarily going to happen again. Like, you know, it's one of those things where it was like, all right, it's going the streak will end at some point. Right. But it's such a weird I mean, the lead of the observations on Saturday was like this. Auburn's had four head coaches since they, you know, during the time that they had that loser streak, except for, you know, now with Harson getting in it in his first shot. They went to two national title games. They won three SEC championships. They had some really good football and some of the best football in program history, and yet they still couldn't break the streak. And now it's here and now it's dead. And I, yeah, I was just, I mean, I was kind of getting to the point where I was like, well, I mean, you know what? It it might happen one day, but I don't even know if I'm necessarily going to be around to see it. Was full time and believe it when I see it mode. Like if you had told yeah. me that there was a scenario in which Auburn won the game, I'd say that's plausible. It's just very unlikely. And then they go down early and you're like, well, not liking the looks of this. Mm hmm. The win itself, players said after the game that they talked about 1999 all week. You know, Brian Harsin had said he wasn't super familiar with all like the weird aspects of the Auburn LSU rivalry. Uh, a really funny sequence earlier this week, and they were talking about a fire, and and JG Tate was talking about getting mooned by Santa Claus. It was a, it was a fun little sequence, um, but you could tell that these guys knew what this game meant and this game represented. Um, you know, some of them remember what happened in 19 when you had the eventual national champions on the ropes and you couldn't finish, you couldn't finish it off. You know, Bo Nick saying after the game, 
the year before I was born was the last time Auburn did this. Um, you know, the curse is over. Uh, you know, stuff like that. It's just, you know, I, I thought you could tell after the game and the celebrations how much th- this meant. Like, they, it was more than just, hey, we got a road win at LSU. It's like they go over to the crowd and celebrate. It's like, yeah, guys, like, we did it. We we did what we did what a lot of you thought was unthinkable. And I guess for a for a team that went through so much this past week and uh with a first year staff, I mean that's that's a huge thing. That's a huge thing to uh be able to to overcome. And then again, down 13 nothing early. Uh and to be able to pull it off. I was afraid that the team would lose engagement if they didn't win this because oh, the yeah. next month is about to be so tough. Yep. And, and we'll talk about it probably later, but like the next month now looks a little bit more manageable. Like Georgia's Georgia, right? Georgia's probably the best team in America. Like Alabama, Alabama threw uh, Ole Miss into a dumpster uh, on Saturday. Uh, and, and they'll always have that, like, yeah, don't forget about us um, kind of things whenever anybody's like, well, maybe someone else is better than, than Alabama this year. But I do think Georgia might be that team. But you, you look, Arkansas, you know, kind of came back down to earth, a little market correction against Georgia. And maybe that was just Georgia, but that happened. Ole Miss the same way. Um, Ole Miss's offense doesn't look, you know, unbeatable anymore or, you know, you can't slow them down. Um, good Lord, what's happening to Texas A&M? Is it yeah, just because they don't this, have a quarterback? I thought that Arkansas was getting a little too much love because it beat a whatever Texas team and mm-hmm. a talented on paper Texas A&M team, but that appears to be very obvious having watched A&M crumble against Mississippi State. And yeah, look, now, the story's cool. Like, everyone likes Sam Pittman. He's a yeah. likable guy. And the it's going to be tough for Auburn cool. to win in LSU. I mean, at Arkansas. It's going to be tough. I don't know if, it's, it's I don't know if Auburn's going to win that game. I just think that we gave Arkansas, collectively, we wanted yeah. the Arkansas thing to happen. And, you know, kind of, I think the same thing about the Ole Miss defense. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, And then Auburn, you know, has – so the the stretch looks a little bit more manageable. State looks a lot better. You know, they've beaten LSU. They've beaten A&M now. Um, South Carolina is South Carolina. Uh, And and then you got Bama. So, I mean, this this game was going to swing a lot. And um, LSU beat Mississippi State, right? 28-25. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But they did play him close. And like you said, they beat A&M, which I don't know how much that means. But for Mississippi State program, a win is <laughs> for a some win. reason. For some reason. Okay, so here's what happened. In my head, I had them already had that. Actually, they came back, came out and state lost or state beat them because, man, they are ready to just get rid of that dude down here. Uh, Brody was absolutely right. Like this is tough spot. So yeah, let me let me fix that error there. Um, LSU did hold on to win that game. It was close, but yeah, I mean, st- uh, oh, I know what it was. It was that somebody tweeted yesterday. like, you know, Mike Leach is now beating a And uh, Jimbo Fisher and Ed Orgeron. I'd forgotten the last year was you know Leach setting LSU on fire. That was my apologies. I. Uh, this was a game that could swing so much about uh, about Auburn football this season, and they did it. Yeah, man. I mean, in the first quarter, it was like this is a bad football team. There, this is going to be a 
long season. Uh, the coaches can't adjust. The coaches can't fix anything. There's there's so many issues. And then after LSU went up 13 nothing, four times as many points, twice as many yards. So shout out to the shout out to uh to Auburn for uh for finding a way to pull it off uh, because Painter, it's been a long, long time. It's the Auburn Observer Podcast, the weekend edition, the recap edition. Justin Ferguson live from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Painter Sharpless from Parts Unknown. We're doing this on Zoom. Painter's background is a video of him at the beach. Um, I guess we do this every episode now. Name a place where Painter is not. Uh, Painter is not in Hawaii as uh, as this video is showing right now. So we, you can cross that one off your list. Um well, they did it. Auburn 24, LSU 19. A huge win for Brian Harson in his first game as an SEC head coach. Uh, or I guess so his first SEC game as an Auburn head coach. And Auburn's first win, as we said in the open, against LSU since 1999 in Tiger Stadium. Painter, your initial gut reaction last week on this podcast, you were very down. You were having a self-proclaimed pity party. Um, I, I think you're going to be singing a different tune on this one. Never doubted them. <laughs> oh, uh, Auburn. There's so many different ways to go with this, um, but I don't think you can really start anything about this. Uh, breaking down this game without starting with the obvious, and that's Bo Nix. Um, story was broken a few hours before kickoff on Saturday that Bo Nix would start and it would not be TJ Finley um, on Saturday. Nix has his first couple of drives. I think he's like 50% completion percentage. It put TJ Finley in the game. Turnover on downs, three incompletions, and a run that that uh, that didn't quite work. And Auburn looks pretty lifeless on offense. Nix comes back into the game, and we see the most incredible display of scrambling and getting out of danger and making something happen with it, I think, since Johnny Manziel was in this league. Uh, that's what it reminded me of. That's what it looked like. Um, I don't know how much that came across on the on – the, it, it got to a point, Painter, that in the third and fourth quarter, whenever he dropped back and started scrambling, it was just assumed that he was not getting hit. It was just assumed that something was going to be made out of it. And that – is, I mean, let's call it what it is. It's going to be a whatever happens for Bo Nix from here on out, whatever happens, right, in his career, he's going to be remembered, I think, forever at Auburn for that game and what he did when he got to tuck and run 
especially the first touchdown. But, I mean, what can you say about Bo Nix uh, that, that hasn't been said here in the last – I mean, recording this on Sunday morning in the last 12 hours or so. It's a, a remarkable – remarkable game from him after the week he went through where he didn't know if he was going to be the starter anymore at Auburn. More proof that we don't know what we're watching. Once he made that miraculous play, it's like something came alive for him and it gave the offense a sense of, all right, for as rough as this has been, we're only down by one score now. Yeah. Yeah. Early in the game, you could tell Auburn was going to use his legs more, which is something they did not do the last couple of weeks. I thought that was going to be a tweak if Bo played. Hey, you've got to run the ball. Because uh, I thought Auburn was going to be able to run the ball well against LSU. And they and they were not on the inside, and we'll talk about why. But, you know, Bo just wouldn't go down and just kept the play alive, kept the play alive, kept the play alive. And, and a week after at Georgia State where I thought he looked so unsure of himself and just kind of dropping his eyes and, and 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 you know, just, I don't know, kind of getting tunnel vision or hey, something was up when he was when he was dropping back past and scrambling. I mean, he he just couldn't be tackled. You know the Michael Vick comparisons uh, were, uh, were were everywhere, uh, but I mean it, it did look like Mansell. And it's backyard football. It's Pinson Valley. What he did for you know state titles of Pinson Valley, but man, it can be effective. It can be extremely effective. Uh, and Auburn's receivers and tight ends should be commended in this game, especially the receivers after the week they have for just hey, get open, get open. Uh, and and make something happen with it. And then the play you were mentioning, the first touchdown of the game, Bo Nix scrambles for 10 seconds and then throws the ball to Tyler Fromm in the end zone for a touchdown. Uh, the way the camera is, is set up for ESPN in that broadcast, it's like all this thing happens, all these, all these things happen, and then it pans over, and it's like, oh, my God, there's a guy in the end zone. <laughs> like, uh, I can't remember who it was on Twitter. Um, I can't I wish, I wish I could. I wish I could shout it out, but I remember somebody retweeted it. It was like, this is cinema, where you just pan over, and it's like, and here's the great reveal. The guy who has never caught a pass in his career is going to catch a touchdown right here after all that nonsense, after all that, you know, sack breaking, uh, all, all those exploits from, from Bo Nix, uh, Tyler from catching it. Uh, he said, he said after the game, I don't remember catching it. I don't remember celebrating it. It's a high that I just can't quite explain. Bo Nix talking about how he's running for his life and he does everything to keep the play open. It's on fourth down too. And he looks up and he sees the majestic hair of Tyler Fromm bobbling out of the back of his helmet. And he was like, all right, here we go. And throws it downfield and gets it. And it's a touchdown. And then from there, it was like, like you said, Painter, it's like, all right, game on. Auburn is not going to go quietly. In fact, they're going to do some extremely Auburn stuff <laughs> for the rest of the way. Magnificent. Magnificent. Bo did not like that bench. No. And it, it set a fire under him. And 
you know, that's the, that's the kind of thing that you expect in that situation. Like, you know, a quarterback like that, it was not going to go down without a fight. And this is not to say Bo Nix is going to have an incredible season the rest of the way. We don't know that. And why predict anything? It's Auburn football. Um, but he played a really good football game. Um, his completion percentage wasn't magnificent, but there were a lot of drops as well. Um, he was under pressure a lot, but it was never sacked. He scrambled extremely well and was a difference maker in the game because LSU could not run the ball at all. And Auburn had a quarterback who refused to get sacked and could get some yards himself on design runs or on scrambles. And then they had a, a, a running back late to kind of get it done. Nick scores uh, early in the fourth quarter. All right. So Auburn's only down two at this point. Um, and it was, it was late. You felt like, okay, well, maybe the magic ran out three straight or sorry, back to back three and outs. LSU started. LSU got a little bit of a push going. They ran a fourth down. They, like they were about to go for it. A little snap infraction, back them up, punt it. And Auburn's got to go 92 yards. Um, they can get into field goal range. And LSU did a lot. I think LSU learned a lot from the Georgia State game on film. You know, they were putting a lot in the box in obvious passing situations. Auburn was, you know, playing 12 personnel, stuff like that, trying to, you know, trying to counter. Inside running game wasn't working that much. They were hitting some stuff on the perimeter. Uh, they get out of the shadow of their own goalposts with some with some good running. By the way, I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be overlooked at all um, in this game. Uh, but, man, can't say enough about how clutch Sean Chivers was in a role that is new to him. You know, third down back, <laughs> pass catching back. Um Several big conversions from him. LSU calls a timeout because uh, something's going on. Ed Orgeron's great at clock and team management. Um, and Auburn in you know in the timeout, out of the timeout, draws up this play to free up Jarquez Hunter down the sideline on a toss, and Hunter flips the field, ends up being the most. Uh, important play of the game in terms of changing their winning probable winning percentage, and Auburn converts one more time on third down, first and goal from the nine. Hunter in a game where they had not been able to run the ball well all night, two runs scores, second effort on the touchdown puts him into the end zone, and Auburn leads. And Brian Harson said it after the game. He's like, sometimes you have to pass. Just that that's the way the game was going. That's the way the defenses were were going. They were adjusting. They were playing well. Um, we tried, you know, tried to get Tank Bigsby going. He hadn't looked quite like himself the last couple of games. I, I do wonder if he might not be at 100 percent You know, that's but that's just pure speculation on my my part. Um, but our running game there will always be a chance for a running game. We never give up on the running game. And I thought it was something that in a pass-heavy game on the final drive, Auburn found enough in the running game and then finished it off in the running game to go ahead and win. And it was the whole reason why LSU couldn't win. LSU had a lead for most of this game and could not run the ball, could not work the clock, uh, especially in the fourth quarter. And it killed them. It killed them big time. 
miraculous stuff. Unbelievable. The running game, Painter, like, walk me through your kind of perspective of this because during the game there was a lot of people like, why aren't they running the ball? Why aren't they running the ball? And then it was like there's another faction of people that are like, well, it's not working. Like they're just run blocking's not there. Um, they're not getting enough of a push. And heck, man, I mean, putting Bo Nix back there and letting him run around and, and throw was 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 working. It was a, it was a pretty good pretty good option. It seemed like they did the wise thing and mirrored some of what Georgia State did, which was say, beat us with your arm, beat us with your passing game. We're not going to let you run it down our throats. And that's essentially what happened. Something that I didn't think was very likely to happen was Auburn's passing mm-hmm. game. And now you're right. There was a uh, some some defining plays through the run game that ultimately helped Auburn win. But, yeah, whether it was with Bo's legs, with Bo's arm, uh, LSU was not going to just let, you know, let Auburn run through the A gap for six yards of play. I don't have any problems with what LSU did. Like from that standpoint, if I'm an LSU fan, I'm going, well, we put the, we put the ball in Bo Nix's hand and he had the best game of his career. And it usually feels like it's Auburn that's allowing players mm-hmm. to have career nights. And in this instance, for whatever reason, it clicked for Bo and like, I I don't know like how repeatable any of that is. I think next week's going to be a rough one, but now is not the time for that. You get 24 hours to enjoy it. A hundred percent. And I'll be uh, enjoying this one for longer than 24 hours after waiting for 20 years. I think my, I think uh, one of my brothers said on Twitter, he was like, I will think about the next game in 10 years. Uh, it's like, this is one that, you know, you need to celebrate for a while. The team will, celebrate 24 hour rule all that get right back to work because they got a huge one ahead of them but yeah uh, it's 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 a lot it's a lot different uh from the fan perspective speaking of receiving demetrius robertson good game for him uh six catches eight targets 60 yards i think he quietly was very impactful you talked about shivers from and then the only other uh guys with multiple receptions in this game the receivers you know hudson jackson capers all got involved uh, they threw it to Javarius Johnson a few times. He didn't get a catch. How about this? John Samuel Shanker, 102 yards through the air. That is the first time. This is the first time since uh, 1994. Andy Fuller and Auburn's upset over Georgia, in which an Auburn tight end has had a 100 yard game. I'm pretty sure that uh, this might only be the third 100-yard game by a tight end, or at least what we consider a modern tight end in Auburn football history. Shanker has one of the biggest catches of the game, uh, You know, flips the field at one point on, a, on another wild scramble play. Um, Auburn's tight ends, we, we said it throughout the, the offseason. If these wide receivers are still a work in progress, and they are, or Robertson did a good job as being the experienced veteran hand. All the stuff with the, the coaching change this week, and they weren't at 100%. Elijah Canyon didn't make the trip. Had drops, had issues. For Shanker to have a big game like this, and for Fromm to have a, his first big game, even with some drops, they went right back to him. Again, you feel different about this Auburn offense when you have tight ends that are functioning 
at a level that honestly we have not seen in almost 20 years out of this offense. I'm speechless. All right. It's, it, it makes sense. It, you know, tight end numbers usually will do that to you. This Auburn, they, were, they were doing all the things in terms of receiving that I was like, well, this will allow us to lose the game. And it right. did feel like for a time, like Auburn forced a fumble, LSU falls on it. Auburn bats a ball up in the air. It seems like they've got an interception deep in LSU's territory. The ball sort of gets batted around and hits the ground. Auburn's dropping passes. Mm-hmm. And it's like the, you're missing field goals. Now I understand those were long field or you missed one and got one blocked. They were not easy field goals. Nonetheless, you were doing lots of things that in a one score game. Oh yeah. Usually would not benefit an opposing team. Penalties early were a killer. Uh, giving up some yardage uh, yards on that one. Yeah, you're right. It, it did look like Auburn was doing all the things you don't do when you're trying to pull off a win like this, including have a horrible start in pass defense. And it was like, oh, boy, here we go again. Was it uh, third and goal from the 31? Mm, no, second and goal from the – I think it was second and goal from the 31. I don't think it was third yet. Not great. Yeah, but that was it. I mean, it mm. was a beautiful play, but – So Max Johnson starts the game in the first quarter firing – Throws the ball over the yard. Kayshawn Boutte doing Kayshawn Boutte things. And then Auburn adjusted on defense throughout the game. We talked about how important the pass rush was going to be. When we talked to Brody Miller in the premium pod this week, he was saying, you know what, I think Auburn's going to be able to get some pressure on LSU, and that's going to be an issue. And they did. Uh, even without TD Moultrie, without Owen Papo, uh, Auburn's defense gets a ton of pressure uh, on Max Johnson throughout the game. Um, after the first quarter, Max Johnson, 18 of 36 for 182 yards. The game-ending interception, obviously. Just five yards an attempt. He was sacked three times. I hurried on six more plays. Um, guys stepped up when they had to. Colby Wooden, the stats might not quite show the full impact of this game, I don't think. Colby Wooden looked like an NFL player on, on Saturday night. Um, at Guliota, again, I've been saying by stocking him, this dude is doing a really good job in his opportunities, has his best game as a Tiger. Derek Hall is in people's face. Romello Height had that tough penalty, but he was constantly in the backfield. Um, and then they were stopping the run at a high level because LSU can't really do that. Uh, this defense adjusted and stepped up. Painter, pop quiz. You know how many catches Kayshawn Butte had in the second half against Auburn? Did he have one? Because I feel like the second one he had didn't count. Yep, he had one, and the second one didn't count. You're absolutely right. That last one, uh, that that last one, incompletion sets up the fourth down pick ball game. Um, and that's what they, I'm talking about. Like when he had the the first half was he was the player that scored, right? Yes. And my gut reaction going into this game was we're absolutely giving someone a career day and it was going to be him. Mm-hmm. And instead he was quiet. The majority of the rest of that game from what the second quarter on certainly from yeah. the second half on it's, it seemed like in the second half, Auburn did a better job with Roger McCreary and Nehemiah Pritchett of 
pressing Butte when he was ever on the outside and letting those guys be on an island and say, you know what, let's let them do what they're good at, which is what they did last year, press man coverage. That's adjustments. Those are adjustments from uh, from from Derek Mason. Um, there's, a, I mean, he got a lot of criticism in the first half, a ton of criticism in the first half, and Auburn fans have been displeased with what, the way this defense is looking. But after that first quarter, I mean, they weathered the storm and had a great second half. Um, gives up only six points after the after those after that early surge. One of them on an onside kick. At, oh man, they had it. I don't know if you could tell on the camera. It's another thing where it's like, like you're just not taking any of your opportunities. You're not going to win a game but like you, this. But, but you were being aggressive. You weren't being Lane Kiffin aggressive in Tuscaloosa, but you were being aggressive. They went for it on fourth down. They tried the onside kick. I mean, they played to win that game. 100%. They coached to win that game. It just is a matter of like, at right, some yeah. point, you're not catching any of the breaks. You're not taking advantage mm-hmm. of those opportunities, and yet they did lose the game, which is hilarious. Yeah, it, it it they just had to come back in this game the old fashioned way, which is make stops on defense and and find that breakthrough on offense, and they did just that. But this, I mean, this defense without one of your best players, you, you know, half of your key linebackers. While I will also add Chandler Wooten playing another great game instead. So Kobe McLean, that run stop he had in the in, in the fourth quarter, I mean. Looks like he looks like a bullet when he ever he ever gets a guy a guy in his sights. Um, I thought the secondary did a much better job. There was uh, there was confusion kind of early on, some safety help, some issues. Uh, smoke looked, uh, you know, smoke Mondays. I'm fucking those guys, you know, not on the same page. And then LSU didn't really burn them deep for the rest of the way. There were some catch and runs uh, uh, that that hurt them, but uh, LSU only one deep ball completed the whole game and it was the one that the, the touchdown Auburn did a good job of keeping everything in front of them and limited Max Johnson to having a really big game after that. And then, and then, yeah, even though neither team could run the ball super effectively throughout the game, the difference was Auburn could and LSU could not the whole way. And I mean, that's, that'll win you a lot of football games, but the ability to adjust the ability to fix things, the ability to evaluate, on the fly, Derek Hall said, "Is like we we were making adjustments, and guys were getting more and more comfortable as the game went on. Hey, we got to do this now. Hey, we got to do this now. And it's just you kind of trust each other, and you trusted your trust your coaching staff, and it ends up working out. But I mean, this is a kind of performance. You know, Brian Harson said after the game, this is a response. This is a kind of performance to a defense that can give them a lot of confidence moving forward. Now, Georgia is Georgia. Georgia might." Throw you into into a table saw on on Saturday. Well, it's because people, it's the way they're looking on offense. People keep talking about chaos in college football, and I don't know if that's the right word as much as it is uncertainty. Because at the mm-hmm. top, we've got two teams that will probably meet in the SEC title and should probably meet again in the playoff. And then, like three through everything else, does seem up for grabs. But unlike 2007, we know who the best two teams are. And that leads me back to your point, which is like, I don't know what to expect next week. Actually, I kind of do, but it doesn't matter. We won in Death Valley. Uh, the team you're, t- the two teams you're talking about to meet in the SC Championship game, as we know, are are, are in the national championship game. I should say, are uh, Georgia and uh, Cincinnati, obviously. Uh, go sweet, Bearcats, sweet Cincinnati. You know, it, it happy for them. Absolutely love Notre Dame taking the L there. 
uh, it will be unfortunate. And I know you're going to rebut this just a little bit, but if Cincinnati should meet Alabama in the semifinal, I don't think it will go well. I know you'll point out the fact that it was a close game against Georgia. Last oh, I don't year. think it'll. I don't think it'll go well either. I don't think it'll go well either. But at least it's something different. One hundred percent. I mean, Clemson's Clemson doesn't look amazing this year. Um, they've already lost twice. You know, Ohio State, Oregon lost to Stanford because they they just can't. You know, they love throwing those fades if they can't can't work. Although I think Oregon got absolutely screwed by the officials in that game. Um, Yeah, I just shout out Cincinnati. I think uh, I think they are. I think they deserve it. Um, But yeah, this. I mean, this defense for Auburn. They showed it, but this is a talented defense. It wasn't at full strength either. And they adjusted, and they looked like they got more and more comfortable as the game went on. Like, okay, this is what we're supposed to be doing. Derek Mason adjusted, made some tweaks uh, to the formula. They're going to learn. They're going to build off of that moving forward. Um, but, I mean, there's a lot to be said about a, a, a about a defense that just breaks down and fixes things, right? They, they, they get it done. The adjustments, the halftime adjustments. I don't even know if it was necessarily halftime adjustments. I think it was constant in-game adjustments that Auburn was doing after that first quarter on offense and defense. First year – Staff, first time away from home in, 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 in an SEC game, first SEC game period. They kept tweaking. They kept adjusting, man. And if you have that and you have this mindset that, like, all right, well, we're never beat. We're never licked in, the, in, in, in these games. You know, I said it on, I said it in the observations. That even in a division that looks just absolutely nightmarish in front, from, a, from a toughness perspective, you can do a lot with a team that has those two key components and then some star players that can make some magic happen. Shout out to the Auburn fans who foolishly went to Baton Rouge <laughs> and were handsomely rewarded. Shout out to Dave. Looks like he was having fun. Kent Young King Dave. If you follow Painter on Twitter, you saw the pictures. Um, he was having a blast. A lot of Auburn fans having a blast. Uh, really cool moment. Uh, we were so far away, I couldn't get the picture. But after the game, everybody's kind of funneling in the locker room. Everybody's celebrating. And Eku Leota is just standing in front of the band and looking up at the, st- at the at the fan section and just looking. I don't know if there was somebody there he was specifically looking for. I don't know if he was just taking it all in. From my perspective, from where I was thinking, it just like he was just standing there just kind of absorbing it all. Guess what? They're not doing that at Northwestern. You're not getting this environment at Northwestern. Sorry. I know they beat Auburn, and I know they were a good team last season, but they ain't close. It's not close. Um, waving goodbye, the, the Auburn players waving goodbye to the LSU fans. Inject it directly into my veins. That's a team. This team's got some. I mean, and, and it was Spunk, deserved. Character, moxie, Ooh. whatever, whatever adjective you want to give it, and we'll see how we feel after the next couple of weeks, uh, Auburn fans. But at least you can relish in this one. And my God, let the players have one. I think it was early on. It might have been when Auburn was still down thirteen nothing. There was that. Wooden gets his hand on the ball at the line of scrimmage, and Jalen Simpson comes in early and and cleans up the receiver, and I mean just bodies him. Incomplete. Oh, they throw the flag, and it's like, oh, they're going to convert again. On you know, it's going to be another. It's going to be another penalty conversion. Pick it up and wave it off. And I tweeted this. Simpson looks over to the LSU sideline where that wide receiver was, and he does the like too little. 
you know, thing like they do in the, when the guys do in the NBA after they beat a dude. <laughs> he just looks at the sideline and just goes, you know, two. And it's like, oh, these dudes ain't afraid. And like, you knew that, that, you know, you knew they weren't going to be, but like, this is 22 years, right? This is, this is 10 chances to do this. And there's so many teams that came before you, they either got blown out or something stupid happened and they lost or they blew a lead. And they were like, nope, we still got it. And I think it was that bow touchdown where it was like the game flipped and it was like, oh, Auburn could do this. Auburn could really do this. And LSU's got issues. Um, it, that was, I think that's their moxie, spunk, whatever you want to call it, whatever 1950s uh, adjective we want to we want to use here. Uh, Auburn's got it, and again, that that goes that goes a long way. That goes a long way, uh, especially with a defense that plays on a lot of emotion. I think it was Simpson at the end on the last play turned around to number six for LSU after the interception that sealed the game and immediately started talking noise. And it was so refreshing because this entire game, as you just referenced, felt like it was headed towards missing five field goals. LSU only needing a field goal, but still getting the touchdown in 2007, blowing a three-score lead, just not crossing the finish line. Golly, they did it. Golly, the word of the post-game interview. I think Tyler Fromm said it like two or three times. We love it. Uh, good, good, clean, good, clean, uh, 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 family-friendly answers. Uh, and, and I think it should be noted that like, LSU is not a good team. They're individually talented. Yeah, but they they're got, not they a got, good they, team. They're a mess. Nonetheless, like you still get to enjoy this one. Oh, it's for sure. Hard to win there, as evidenced by the undercurrent of this entire week and this podcast. And like. Yeah. It's fascinating to me that they're not better just based on who's on the actual team. Monkey is off the back for the program. You've ended that conversation about the street and happy for Harson that he had a positive to start his SEC coaching career off with because Lord knows the narrative around him the last two weeks has been brutal. And and I think it goes to Bo. I think it goes to the receivers. I think it goes to everything. I mean, they mentioned this. He's like, there was a lot of stuff. You know, this was a tough week. And for Bo, they're like, Bo never pouted, never, you know, had a, a situation where he just came into practice, did what he was supposed to do, went right back to where he said he wanted to go back to more of his foundation, which I think his foundation was, what if I ran around and, and did some things that make me, you know, he's a five-star, but he's not Trevor Lawrence. He is, he is, you know, I was talking to somebody earlier this week. I was like, could you imagine Bo Nix in Oklahoma's offense where it was like, hey, bud, let's just, let's just make some stuff happen. Be Kyler Murray, be what Spencer Rattler does, you know, be what Baker Mayfield did. And I think you saw some of that. Auburn's trying to tap into that with their offense now um, because of what he's got. Uh, TJ Finley, apparently, uh, Nick's, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Harson said after the game, hey, he did enough in practice this week to deserve a drive. That was planned. That was scripted. It didn't work out. Auburn goes back to Nick's, ends up winning the game. Um, but at least you know it's there. At least that background's there. And, man, what? how much, whether your name is Bo Nix or Derek Mason or anybody who plays defensive back at Auburn or Brian Harson, I mean, how much can one game, how much can one four-hour stretch change what a lot of people think about you, right? There's always going to be people who criticize 
and as soon as Auburn loses again or doesn't look good again, it's going to be back. You know, that's just the nature of the beast. But there was a lot set up for this to be like, oh, this is going to be bad. Uh, things are going to turn south here for, for this team. And they didn't, which, I mean, that's that's guts. Uh, that's character. That's leadership. I mean, that's those are all the things you really, really want to see if you're if you're an Auburn fan. Even though I don't think LSU is a good team, this was still a win that they needed to create some level of momentum or positivity mm-hmm. headed into a brutal stretch. And I think that if they had not gotten this, not only does the narrative go completely off the rails under a first-year coach, but as a player, it's like you're looking at this going, we haven't found a way to win our close games. We've not taken advantage of our opportunities. Now I think that starts to, to click. And you know maybe you're just totally outmatched against Georgia. But – Auburn is more talented than Ole Miss and Arkansas. They may not win those games either, but they can. And this game is at least a a point of emphasis if you're the coaching staff and you're looking at the players. And the players may not even need to hear it now. They simply probably have belief that even when things are not going well, there's an opportunity for them to win, as you've referenced, staying in the game, taking advantage of opportunities, something that they weren't great at last night, but they took advantage of them enough I can't say enough about Hunter as a freshman coming in and doing what he did. And and I'm with you. I don't understand. You know, I know they loaded up the box. Um, I know that LSU wanted to make it so that the, the the passing game and Bo Nix would have to beat them. But like, I I want to to see the ball in tanks hands more. Don't get me wrong, Mm -hmm. but wow. Has Hunter come in as a freshman and delivered? Yeah. And and Hunter's got, it looks like Hunter's got a little bit more, speed burst to him so th- those perimeter things can work a little bit better with him uh i think but yeah i mean he is he is playing a great football and can you imagine like again this dude was the number 45 running back in his own class and as a true freshman he's doing this uh in the sec sean chivers man and, and harson said it after the game they're still working him in they're still trying to get him back to like being fully in it for after being out for a little while I mean, where's Auburn if he doesn't make those catches? I mean, that's a check down. I mean, we, we, how many, uh, we, in the previous administration, didn't see the running backs using the passing game a ton. I mean, they're running. It's not just, hey, check down. It's like, get them out in the flats, get these guys out in space. And Shivers, for, you know, to his credit, he's a hard dude to bring down, right? He's trying to blow a hole through his, uh, his defenders every single play. Well, and it's been frustrating. Like this whole week, I spent time lamenting, like, what if Auburn still had Seth Williams? Uh huh. Going back to Shivers, like, he is someone that's back and is someone with experience yeah. on the offense, which is something that you just don't have a lot of at the skill position. Yeah. John, it wasn't like John Samuel Shanker. I mean, he, he had a, t- a game for a tight end that few in Auburn history have ever had. And it wasn't like he was this elite recruit coming out of high school, he was a baseball player. He's a baseball player that football was kind of on his radar towards the end of his high school career. Um, and he stuck it out and he's been around the program for a while and he, and, and he gets, it makes it happen. So there's pieces and there's momentum with this offense and they got to continue. They got to work hard to like maintain it. But I mean, there's a lot of reason to become, it's, it's the thing about college football. It's what we say all the time. It's a game played between 18 to 22 year olds. It's unpredictable. It's chaotic. And it's never as good as it seems, and it's never quite as bad as it seems. And on this one, like Auburn showed, it's like, yeah, this t- this program is not in dire straits. You know, it doesn't look good. You know, as Harson said, it's not ideal, 
I think Auburn, you know, they, they had the drop issues, of course, but I think some of the the operational stuff we saw that has been an issue wasn't quite as big in this game. The Auburn's offensive line, communication wise, did a good job of you know not breaking down too much. Now you're not of those of those you know pre snap errors or anything like that. Uh, it has to be said, Death Valley was not full. Towards the end of the game, it looked like a lot spaced out. Uh, Justin On TV, Lee. even like at, at one point in earlier in the game, you could see space in the upper decks. But like that's yeah. probably the case in a lot of stadiums. It has been at Auburn, as far as I'm aware. Oh but, yeah, you know it's not been and LSU total has max capacity. It, and LSU has the has the vaccination or negative test right. requirements that a lot of other schools aren't having right now. But yeah, by the fourth quarter, even before the game was in hand, it did seem like things had thinned out a little bit. Maybe that late start did affect the Cajuns more than I realized. Yeah, it was so late. It was so late. Um, it had rained most of the day in Baton Rouge, so it wasn't like a, like a lot of fun. I was, Justin Lee uh, said after after the game, he's like, "I think they're all dehydrated. I think people were like, I think they just couldn't they just couldn't hang anymore. It's late, um, but it was still loud." It was still super loud, and it's a fun atmosphere. And you know, I tweeted it, but the aesthetic of their stadium is beautiful. Okay, I know there are Auburn fans who are listening to this podcast who hate LSU. I get it. I know there are Auburn fans who who have gone down to LSU and have had horrible experiences, and I get it. I understand. I am merely a person covering the team that has everything handed to them, and everything's all you know nice and and neat whenever he goes to Baton Rouge. Um, so I'm speaking from a place of privilege here, but <laughs> I'll say this LSU. It's a great environment going to a night game in death. I mean, most of the time I've been to death. Valley. I think all the other times I've been to death. Valley, I've been game day games, but here's, here's my, here's my take banner. I want to see if you agree with this. LSU is the cool college football program that everybody thinks Miami is or wants Miami to be. They've got it. That is LSU. I mean, they they just do it right. It's a fun it's a fun place to be. And I know Auburn. I know the Auburn fans who travel down to Baton Rouge had a lot of fun last night. I don't care. Calling Baton Rouge is cool. I they call it, they played it the second time at the beginning of the fourth quarter. It's cool. It's fun. Um, Did the Auburn band play neck after the game was over? I don't remember. They did play. They did play during the fourth quarter, and it was like <laughs> it was like handing ammunition to that student section, uh, which was pretty funny. And yeah, you know, Auburn ended up winning off of that. is is pretty good. But yeah, shout out to shout out to uh, shout out to LSU. Um, it's a it's a fun atmosphere. I don't know how many Auburn fans got to go to the game that are listening to this. I don't know how many have gone. Um, maybe a little bit more people will be uh, in future trips. Will be more eager to go now that the curse is over for you Auburn fans. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I always a good trip. Always, always a good trip. And now, uh, now it's about to be Georgia week. Uh, we got some business to take care of before we wrap it up. Few things. We got a few shout outs to take care of right now. Number one, shout out to Lonnie. He called it. He never, he never doubted. He never wavered. Said Auburn was going to be bad LSU and Baton Rouge. Go ahead and start spreading the news, and uh, came back for it. Shout out to Lonnie. We do also need to shout out some people who are doing the necessary steps to support the Auburn Observer. Painter, tell them: rate, review, subscribe. 
Thank you, Urban Meyer. Rate, review, subscribe. Thank you, Urban Meyer. You have to do those. You have to do those four four important things uh, to pass along uh, uh, this golden path that we have set before you. But yeah, those of you who are listening, who are subscribers to the Observer, we appreciate you guys so very much. Over a thousand subscribers. We went through a week uh, where all these things are auto renewing, and very few unsubscribes. Uh, some of you out there um might be having this issue like you know when you signed up uh your payment option you know card might have expired something different happened you might want to double check on that if you if you're not getting the emails anymore just throwing that out there um but if you aren't in a position to subscribe and want to continue just to listen to the free podcast well folks we got it for you right here you just got to rate and review and subscribe here's a here's a uh uh a review that we need to read right here, Painter. You ready? I think you'll like this. It's from Auburn. Maddie Mack uh, says, uh, listen to the podcast regularly. Very informative, especially like the weekly in-depth breakdown of the games. The positions is the first thing I look for is the 6 a.m. observer email. Painter, don't give up on this team. The life of an Auburn fan is never easy, and you've got to believe. It says tells me, you know, keep it up with, uh, with the football and basketball coverage which is very, very nice, and we appreciate that. But uh, this review obviously sent in before the uh, the LSU game. Painter, don't give up. It's never easy. Good I think thing I never been, doubted them. <laughs> your faith has been rewarded. Congratulations. More shout-outs. Our, our friends at the War Report, uh, check them out. I know they're going to have a lot of stuff from this LSU game that you will want to uh, read – or sorry, not read – listen to and watch we do the reading stuff here um but check them out war report on youtube another thing home field apparel our friends our dear friends at home field apparel i know the indiana season is not going so hot connor uh but we appreciate you continuing to support us look we've talked about it before i'm currently wearing one of their shirts right now it's the most comfortable shirt that you can own period point blank it's more comfortable Uh, than wearing nothing Absolutely. Uh, you've got hoodies. You've got crew neck sweatshirts. You've got joggers if you're in the mood for that. There's so many teams that you can have. If you have any sort of connection to another school, there's a good chance Homefield has apparel for you. If you just like cool logos, me, I've got several University of Hawaii pieces uh, in, in my Homefield collection. I'm about to make another run. Once we Noted get full, logo lover, Justin yeah, Ferguson. Absolutely. Uh, once once we get into hoodie season, it's going to be it, we're we're making a run right here, and and we're we're loading up for for the fall and the winter. Um, but it's comfortable. It's premium collegiate apparel. The logos are awesome. The designs are incredible. You don't want to miss out. Homefieldapparel.com. Click. Uh, click, click on, uh, click on the cart. I don't know. Put, put the things in the cart, uh, but then click on the promo code and Folks, type we in love a, carts. We love them. Type in the promo code Observer to get twenty percent off uh, your first order from them. If you haven't done it yet, if you haven't gone to Home Field yet, and you want to get on board, this is the time to do it. And Painter, yes. You know I'm not a newsbreaker, right? You know I'm not a scoops guy. This is not. This is not my territory. I don't even know if I'm allowed to do this at this point. But I'm going to say it anyway. Wow. And we need to keep a secret, all right? 
don't go run into don't go run into the home don't go run into the great brand on twitter or anything just wait just be cool just keep it between us all right don't want to see anybody tweeting about it to them or anything like that all right so let's make this deal auburn fans keep your eyes peeled there might be some new mm. auburn stuff dropping very very soon just keep, mm. keep that's between us all right let them make the announcement let them do their jobs but Auburn fans looking for maybe maybe wanting some um, wanting a new de, new Auburn design. Fingers crossed, you might be you you might be in luck for that very very soon. All right, you got it. Homefieldapparel.com. Check it out. Twenty percent off if you use the promo code code Observer Curd. I'm great at words. Curds, carts, codes. We love them. We all love them. Um, Wrapping up here because it's probably going to be a little bit shorter than usual uh, because I am running on barely any sleep. I think you are too. You were telling me that you just couldn't go to sleep last night. I had an adrenaline rush. I was tweeting my way through it. Uh, I've not felt my best. Came down with some sort of cold this week. Uh oh. No, it's not COVID. Um, and not to get political or anything. And then, uh, you know. <laughs> And then I did this thing where I imbibed last night, which mm-hmm. meant not feeling great today. But the sheer, like just the sheer elation of finally winning in Death Valley has pushed this headache out of my head. Wow. Thank you, Brian Harson. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you all. Um, I, I the, the kickoff was so freaking late and I, I mean, I tweeted it, but I just remember looking up at halftime and being like, oh, my God, we still got to do a whole nother half of this. And then and you have to actually do the the writing. Do the work. Yeah, I have to do the work afterwards. Speaking um, of kickoffs, have we referenced, is it Joko Willis who murdered Oh, a man? my God. Oh, yeah. Joko I mean, that's Willis. That's got to be up there for, you know, people say this all the time, like, oh, that's the best hit of the year. But like, okay, I don't know what the best hit of the year is going to be. But that's got to be in consideration. In terms of a clean legal hit that didn't have targeting attached to it, buddy, I thought he took his head off. It was violent. And for the for, for the age, look, man, Joko Willis, it's a younger guy. He, he, he makes that ju- – he's a Juco transfer, but he's got a lot of eligibility left uh, in play. Just busting his tail on special teams. And once again, I mean, Auburn special teams, they can get it done. They can get it done. I know they missed some field goals, uh, but whoo, that Joko Willis put some put 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 some fire into that dude. Channeling his was, inner Reuben Foster. Yes, that very Reuben, very Reuben on the uh, on the return. By the way, Painter, sorry to uh, Auburn High. Auburn High taking the L this weekend. Good weekend uh, for the Knicks. Good weekend for the Knicks family, though, and and those who those who support the Central uh, Red Devils. Yes. Also, very funny the onside kick in that game. They had it. I mean, well, it's not just only a that, little, the starting little... position of the onside kick was hilarious. Yeah, they had it, man. Like a little too much heat on it. Just a fun, fun night, a fun atmosphere for college football. I know a lot of Auburn fans are fired up. And look, uh, we needed this for we needed it. We look, deserved I it. I know we y'all earned did. It, yeah, uh, well, okay. being, we earned all of this. I feel like we have been steady taking L's mm-hmm. since that SEC tournament was canceled and Auburn looked to be playing its best basketball. From that point on, whether it's been Auburn's rivals 
whether it's been self-inflicted, things have just not gone well. There was a pandemic and it just got like, everything has been tough for everyone. So I know it's silly to complain about like my team not doing well, but since this is a sports podcast, hasn't been great. And for the first time, I really felt like something that should not have gone Auburn's way, given the history, the silliness of this game, when Auburn is in a close game against LSU, doing things like missing a field goal, having a blocked field goal, letting a team convert on second and goal from 30 yards out. Like those are not things you do and get to win the game. And yet here Mm -hmm. we are. So congrats, Auburn fans. And congrats to me. Yeah, maybe, maybe we were talking about chaos Auburn and how much of that would last in the, the Harson era because Brian Harson seems to be a very not chaos coach. Um, but maybe this is a different brand where it's like the unexpected is, you know, the good type of unexpected for Auburn and a little bit more consistent in, in their playing. I mean, they they weathered the storm 13 0. Like, man, it's going to be a long season. There were a lot of, I know a lot of y'all were tweeting and I get it. I get it. A lot of y'all were tweeting, a lot of y'all were reacting. It's like, man, this, this is brutal. This is tough. Twitter was an absolute roller coaster as much as the game was. Yeah. And then it happens and it's like, okay, well, now you start looking ahead to Auburn the rest of the way. Georgia's going to be Georgia, but you feel like that Arkansas game is a little more gettable now. Um, Ole Miss at home, we'll see. I mean, they'll have they'll have some time to scheme up that defense. Uh, it is There will be an off week, I believe. Right before that, if, mm-hmm. if I remember yeah, correctly. There's a buy between Arkansas and Ole Miss. They're going to get that extra time to work on Ole Miss. State and South Carolina are two gettable games, even though, like we said, State's looking like a better team than uh, uh, than we thought they would be at the beginning of the year. It's a different, completely different story, and it hinges on this one game and getting it the way you got it. So Bo Nix running for his life and throwing up some of the, some of the crazy – but look, Auburn's pass protection – Still got work to do. Running running game, still got a lot of work to do, right? Wide receivers, got a lot of work to do. Defense, got to be more consistent, you know, area X, Y, Z. But you can do a lot better off of that off of a win, right? Like, it's you know, off of a win, you start thinking like, okay, well, it's not – all right, here's what we need to do more consistently to win more games. It's more like, man, we got to fix so much. Just, just so much can switch in a game. And, look, they could go play Georgia next week and get – blasted and you know people might be right back into it or they could go play georgia next week play as competitive as anybody has played them this season um and then hit the rest of that little stretch with you know more momentum i mean they're gonna have a winning record at the halfway point of the season which you will definitely take and I mean, they could be they could be five and two, they could be six. They could be six and one, but um, it's, <laughs> it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough one. But four uh, and one with a loss on the road to a top ten team, getting that monkey off your back with the win in Death Valley. Penn State's probably going to be in top five, right? And you know, look, they're almost certainly going to lose to Georgia. But being four and two and having your losses be to two top five teams is in a first-year coach, fine. You know what? I can live with that. It would have been tough if Auburn was 3-3 three and three after that Georgia game. And it's also hard for me to believe that the team is able to really grind it out over the next month. Now those games, which they may still lose, because as you just mentioned, offensive line, a lot of work to do. What have we talked about with Bo Nix's entire career? 
a yeah, roller coaster ride, yeah. you know, and, and like the defense still, there are moments, even with all the adjustments where you go, yeah, but it does give me a little bit of sense that Auburn's players ought to be convinced. There's no reason they can't compete in every game on the schedule. Even Georgia and Alabama. No, even Georgia and Alabama. I mean, how many times have we seen them do it in, in Jordan here? I'm not saying sure. beat them. Sure. I'm saying sure. hang with them and, and be, be, why not? You know, beliefs free, you know, you don't have to, you know, you know it's, it doesn't, it, it doesn't cost anything to dream. <laughs> I guess if you're an Auburn player, <laughs> hey, you know what? Who knows? Who knows, man? I don't. Um, I'm going to stop trying to even begin to predict this football team. Think about the the difference in tone from this guy a week ago. Yeah, it's what pretty, a single win will do for your ego. Yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty remarkable turnaround. But I don't think you're the only one, Painter. I don't think you're the only one in this boat. Um, all right, before we wrap up, a few things. Number one, Film Room is going to be on Tuesday this week if you're a subscriber, not Monday. I just don't have time to do it today uh, coming back Baton from Rouge is just far enough away from Auburn to be a real pain. Yes. Plane tickets were a lot more expensive than I wanted them to be, too. So uh, we are driving. Shout out to Justin Lee and Jordan Hill, our friends at the OA News, uh, for letting me tag, tag along with them on this road trip. Uh, really, really appreciate those guys, as always. Um, so film room will be on Tuesday. Keep an eye out for that. There will be a Monday newsletter of some sort. So don't, don't fret. We're going to, we're going to still give you your normal, your normal one. Just switch what Monday and Tuesday usually are around. Might have a little bit more basketball this week. It's a big one. Tip off at tumors, big recruiting weekend pro day. There's a lot of stuff going on with Auburn hoops, uh, that you're going to want to be a part of, uh, if you're a fan, uh, you want to check it out and we'll have coverage. Um, mailbag premium pod this week uh we'll have uh we'll have another special oh, got one for you special folks. friend of the of the program uh coming up later this week in our podcast uh previewing the georgia game and uh yeah this is uh this is uh it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting week it's gonna be a fun week i know i, I wrote it in the mailbag a couple of weeks ago, I was like, I'm not a moron. Like, you know, hey, Auburn wins, Auburn loses. I still have a job to do, right? You know, I talked about it. My first game I ever covered for Auburn was a blowout shutout loss in 2012 to Georgia. And then then I covered the entire 2013 season. So you got the highs and the lows. Kind of, I've seen it all. I've seen the highs and the lows in the extreme variety right, for this team. But I'm not an idiot. I know that people are more likely to read. People are more likely to listen. People are more likely to subscribe. People are more likely to engage and interact after a win. So say this, if you're feeling good and you're wanting to hear more and read more about this, about, about this Auburn football team and looking at Auburn basketball, auburnobserver.com, $60 a month, $60 a year. Be a part of the inner circle. For those of you who will just be with us on the free podcast, we'll talk to you next week after what happens uh, between Auburn and Georgia. Painter, your final thoughts, your official final thoughts on Auburn ending the streak in Baton Rouge. Never doubted them.